Too many who know the angles Uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle be in But we do know for certain, from my perspective, the annuals don't count. And I would probably say the free comic book days don't either. Sorry. <laughs> what about the Amazing Spider-Man swing shift? The first look we got at Brand New Day. Do you have that? I, one, I have that. I have that. Okay. So if you want to say it count, it counts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. 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 All right. Well, everybody, welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk, the show where two fans and collectors uncover the strange, fun, and fascinating history of the Spider-Man comic universe. Thank you for joining us for this review episode of The Amazing Spider Talk. Yeah, today on the show, Dan and I are going to be discussing the 2021 Free Comic Book Day Spider-Man number one issue that teases the start of Spider-Man Beyond. This issue was written by Zeb Wells with art by Patrick Gleason, colors by Alejandro Sanchez, and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. The cover is by Patrick Gleason. The Beyond board includes Kelly Thompson, Cody Ziegler, Saladin Amin, Patrick Leeson, and Zeb Wells. This issue was first released as part of Free Comic Book Day on August 14th, 2021. Just to add to my point, Dan, I had to go to a couple stores to find this yesterday. So, you know, again, if you can't find the damn thing, how does it count? What's in terms of like free comic book day, this was an unusual one. Like, I feel like it wasn't very well advertised compared to normal. I mean, it kind of just snuck up on me. I mean, normally it's in the spring, but you know, COVID has scrambled things around. I wonder how intentional that, that was. Normally the word I think has gotten out a bit more, but there aren't like parties and stuff happening in, in the same way. I don't know, Mark. I mean, did this one sneak up on you? Yeah, I did. If, if frankly, if it wasn't for you tweeting about it or texting or Facebooking or whatever, whatever social media announcement you did, I would have forgotten myself. And I, you see, seeing it from you on Friday made me go, oh, crap, where are they doing it around me? Because, you know, keep in mind, well, not that I would be in New York City on a Saturday anyway, but like my local comic book shop that I use is near my office in the city where I am in the suburbs now. There aren't a lot of comic book shops. So I had to kind of do some sleuthing and I found a couple of uh, participants. And as I alluded to, the first participant I went to apparently only got indie books. They didn't get any of the Marvel or DC issues. Not, and now that they ran out, they just didn't get them. 
and they made it sound like other stores were in the same boat as them. So, you know, it's a weird it's a weird thing. But hey, we got this issue. We got a preview of Beyond. There was some fun stuff to be here. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? I don't know. I'll just get started saying overall, I thought, first of all, it's hard to ignore how beautiful this issue is. I mean, we've been singing the praises of Patrick Gleason, but, you know, a lot of the images here have been leaked, not leaked, but like part of press releases that we'd already seen a lot of the like real, like kind of stunning images. But I, I got to say, like, I, I, I felt like this issue, you know, I, I felt like uh, Patrick Gleason was a little reined in in terms of his kind of craziness. And I don't know if that's just kind of do a appeal to like the audience of a free comic book day, but like I really enjoyed the pacing of the visuals in this story. It's a simple little tale, but like it doesn't feel rushed. You know, it's, it's kind of just allowed to kind of be dynamic and existing in its own particular way. And, uh, and showcase all the elements that we might be looking forward to in this run, you know, particularly the costume and, and things like that. And, that was my big takeaway was, you know, there's a few little teases of the story, but just soaking up the visuals. I've read it a few times already and, you know, it's just a fun read. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's very distinctively a teaser. It, it, we, we do need to mention that, like as opposed to something like Swing Shift or even like I'm thinking of the the free comic book day is it from 2011 or 2012 it was right before Spider Island. Where we kind of got that full length story with Spider-Man and Shang-Chi and, you know, learning the, the art of the fist or whatever it was. Um, but you know what I mean? Like this definitely felt like in terms of delivery, it could have been slapped on at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 875, 875, uh, whatever, whatever the last issue of the Spencer run is <laughs> and, and, and could have worked all the same as like, uh, you know, what's to come. But let's also talk a little bit like how effective was it at setting up beyond from your end? I mean, like we got some some semblance of what's going on, but I, I, was it was it entirely clear what this next run is going to be about? Well, it's funny. I you know I think the cover says a lot of what how I feel, which is the cover features Peter Parker Spider Man on it, you know, and he doesn't appear in the pages here. So like I would wonder what a new audience member would think reading this story, you know, having no context for it. I don't know how many people it would pull in other than people that maybe like were fond of Ben Riley back in the day, but I think he's more remembered for people disliking that era of Spider-Man than liking it. Although nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Obviously I think the story is meant to trick us into thinking it's Peter Parker. If you didn't see the press release and then we get the mask pull and, and it's not him. And that might be enough of a hook for you. For someone like us who, you know, keeps up with this news because it's like our partially our job to, you know, I think some of that punch is a little bit stolen, but it was still fun. I mean, I, I, I have somewhat of an idea of, of, of what this might be, you know, maybe like a more socially conscious version of Spider-Man. But beyond that, like a, a, a no pun intended, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure quite what this is just yet. How, how do you feel about it? I, I agree with you. I feel like we're kind of circling some themes that we've gotten in Spider-Man stories before in terms of, you know, like what it, what does it mean to actually be Spider-Man? Because like, I, I you know, like it's it's funny you mentioned like the reveal with with Ben Riley, but like kind of leading up to that when he's fighting was it the Bushmaster. Is that the name of the villain here? A oh, Bushwhacker, Bushwhacker, not the Bushman. Um, 
I kind of felt, even though Ben Riley is not like a sociopath anymore, apparently, I, I, I did feel that like his his method of dealing with the bushwhacker was like a little more aggressive. That, you know, it kind of reminded me of those early stories of Superior Spider-Man when Otto was was Spider-Man, like, and you're kind of watching him operate as Spider-Man. And you're like, oh, that's not exactly how he, Peter would do things. You know what I mean? Like, did you did you get that sense at all? Like that kind of sense of oh, I don't know if Peter would do that, right? Yeah, I guess I could see that. I think it's uh, in this case, it felt like he had a like a, a tool to utilize, and and there was some like remorse. I think when he blew his arms off, like it's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I didn't mean for you guys to see that. It feels like some, like a Spider-Man who's maybe a little more green than than Peter is, which I think is fair for Ben Riley because I think he's often been portrayed as a little bit, like, not quite as battle-hardened as Peter, although I think that that doesn't hold up quite as much with the way Peter's been written recently. But I don't know. I mean, the, the bigger thing for me was the finale of, of the story where... You know, he's got this team working with him, uh, you know, the man in the chair, if you will, that is um, like providing, you know, assistance and and things like that. It, it seems like a, like maybe like a Spider-Man with a better PR uh, team. You know, some people have been speculating that perhaps J. Jonah Jameson might be involved in backing the Beyond Corporation because he had suggested that, you know, as, as you know, if Peter wasn't going to be work with him as Spider-Man, he would find someone else who would do it. Yeah, I don't know how much of that. That that to me seems like a Nick Spencer storyline that maybe will get abridged. You never you never know. It, this doesn't reek to me of J. Jonah Jameson's involvement. But you know, if if you wanted to tie some strings together, you could certainly do so. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know if that's enough to really hook me on this run. As we've been saying about this pitch, like you you said it. I think we're circling themes that we've done we've approached a million times before especially recently, like, like, you know, what does it mean to be Spider-Man? What are the lines and limits of Spider-Man? And how do you become a more responsible Spider-Man? I feel like we've gotten that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the big question that's going to tie this all together, which we will hopefully get before this arc actually begins, is, you know, why, where is Peter, you know? And, you know, I know when that press release first came out, there was some speculation that he was either killed or mortally wounded or something like that. That was not the impression I got in the short preview we got here. Like to me, you know, it definitely felt like, you know, Ben kind of felt like the imposter Spider-Man here. And he was like, oh, maybe, we, you know, like until we get the real Spider-Man. And it's like, well, no, for all intents and purposes, you are... Spider-Man, you know, and it was like, oh, okay. So like it, it, that, that to me, that line tipped off that Peter is in this universe and is, in, or you know, like the other Spider-Man is very is a is a known entity in this universe right now. It's not like he just disappeared. I don't know. Did you get that sense at all, or my is this wishful thinking on my part? No, I, I felt like this was contemporaneous with what we're reading in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man right now. Like it's in, it's in you know Dallas, Texas. You know, it, it, it. I feel like it's just like a world away from the characters that we're currently following. Like, I, I still think, I mean, I, I think the covers to the issue suggest Peter will be grievously wounded or, or put out of commission, which allows Ben to step up. But whatever's going on here, I don't think is meant to be like a necessarily a reflection on Peter and perhaps thematically. But it seems like Ben is pursuing this independently 
of Peter's existence. You know, I think the comparison is only like, hey, that Spider-Man guy has bad reputation around New York City. And, you know, like like most superheroes in, in the Marvel universe, they're vigilantes that are operating with no like resources other than their own, you know, willpower. You know, this seems to be a Spider-Man that has he's like the peep like the people's or like he is the system's Spider-Man, right? He's calling in cops and counselors and things to deal with. I mean, again, it seems like a more socially conscious Spider-Man, you know, like he, he is going to provide, get, have a company with the resources to back him up in, in, in some way. And and maybe that will be the reflection is like, Hey, Peter, like you've thought much about what you leave in the wake of your activities. But I do feel like that's kind of what superior was a little bit about. So the wrinkle of this needs to be, I think more clearly defined and like, I'm sure who the Beyond Corporation is will play a big hand in this because, you know, <laughs> we're just waiting for corporations to turn their evil, to have their evil turn. Uh, you know, that seems to be always the case in these things. Now, obviously, Zeb Wells, he's written Spider-Man before. He's one of the more funnier uh, writers, which makes sense. He's a comic. What do you, What did you think about the humor in this book? I thought it was great. I mean, like... None of it was like pop culture. It was it was all kind of in character for a guy that's just kind of trying to do his best. And I don't know. I, I thought it was fun and, and funny. And I liked the pacing of it mostly. It wasn't just like wall to wall dialogue. You know, he like let the artist really do his thing. And I, I appreciated that uh, a, a lot. I really appreciated how they brought in the new costume <laughs> by telling him that, you know, he should stop dressing like a 14 year old boy with too much birthday money. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great joke. It was too. a cla- That was a great line. It was a great line. 100%. <laughs> My um, big thing. And I don't think that this really tells me one way or the other is like how much of Ben Riley's history are we really going to mine, you know, in, in this beyond story coming up, you know, Ben Riley has his own supporting cast of characters you know, like obviously we don't see any of them here, but you know, also like just the whole thing of him being in Texas really kind of like threw me a little bit because he was like, last we saw him, he was in Las Vegas, you know, then in the Iron Man book, he's been he returned to New York city. And then now he's in outer space. And I imagine a lot of that is going to just be kind of like overlooked. You know, I imagine whatever it is, they're doing a trial run. It seems of this program in Dallas before potentially they move it to New York. But yeah, I, 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 I do, I do wonder like how much of Ben Riley's history they're going to go into here, considering it's probably forgotten by like 90% of Spider-Man readers. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, again, we, we kind of talked about the nostalgia factor and nostalgia being a hell of a drug in the past. And, you know, something to keep in mind here is, you know, a lot of the creators who are going to be writing this, I mean, you know, like Ben Riley is their, you know, cloak and dagger and maximum carnage. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, maybe we will get some reverence and a lot of mining. I mean, I, to me, that seems kind of silly, but, you know, like if this is the itch they want to scratch, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to ride this out and see where it goes, right? <laughs> In terms of like nerdy nitpicks or like pushing up the bridge of my glasses with one finger and saying, uh, well, actually, you know, I, I did find it a little odd that Ben revealed his identity so kind of like cavalierly. I mean, I guess he has in the past, you know, but, you know, to a major corporation like this, I mean, 
Parker Industries, you know, Peter was very prominently featured alongside Spider-Man publicly as part of that company, like a global company that like, I mean, that's one of those things that's weird to walk back in, in terms of like Peter Parker's existence in the Marvel universe is that he is like a, a globally known household name in the Marvel universe now, which like, I, I don't know. I enjoyed those stories, but I do think it, it does complicate a lot of these stories, but like, wouldn't people know Peter's face and associate it with Spider-Man? And so when you have like Ben, I know he's blonde and that worked kind of for Clark Kent to have glasses on, but it does seem a little cavalier. Maybe we'll deal with the ramifications of this, but it immediately sent like a red flag up. Like shouldn't people know, like notice that these guys look very similar. Honestly, not that I like to forgive nerdy nitpicks, but like, I'm going to, I'm going to say what you just said. He's blonde. You know, <laughs> yeah, that might just be enough in comics, <laughs> as absurd as that yeah, sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in terms of other things that we could glean from this, if you read the letters page, which wasn't really a letters page, it was kind of like a advertisement for what they're releasing. There was a name included in the list of like creators that we hadn't gotten before, and that's Michael Dowling. That really excited me because he's been working on Black Cat. He did like a whole arc on Black Cat um, after uh, Travel Foreman left from that book. And I thought his art was really great on that book. I don't know if you're reading Black Cat, Mark. I, um, I, I have a stack of them. I have not read through them recently, but okay. I have them. Yeah. Well, look look forward to it. It's really strong title and the art is great. So I was excited to see his name on the list. And that gets me excited for someone like Jed McKay, who, you know, someone was paying attention to how good Black Cat was. Jed McKay's writing on that book is superb. You know, I would love to see him on a Spider-Man title someday. So, you know, this made me just a little bit uh, bit happy. And if you aren't checking out Black Cat, I, I can't recommend it enough. Mark, did you get a chance to read either of the other two stories contained in this, this issue? I kind of flipped through them quickly. I don't know if I have, like, profound thoughts on them. Do you want to give some of yours? It sounds like you do. <laughs> I mean, not profound thoughts. I thought they were both great. I mean, I, I know that you haven't caught up on Venom entirely. The major status quo change at the end of King and Black was reflected in the pages here. And I'm really excited about both Al Ewing, you know, and Ram V writing that story and, uh, and the artwork, it looks amazing too. Just to see the status quo play out from issue 200, if even just for a few pages, is really exciting because I think it's one of the most exciting status quos Venom has ever had. I thought that was really cool. And then I think for, for your purposes, Mark, we've got a, like a bit of a kingpin tease, you know, in terms of Daredevil. And we're, it seems like it's building towards the end of the mayoral run, or not mayoral run, but mayoral reign of kingpin. And it was Alex Maleev back on Daredevil, which is really exciting. At least I think it was Alex Maleev. It looked like his artwork. Although the creators are not listed in, in this book. But like it really invokes like born again imagery with like flames behind Daredevil. I know like the whole devil thing, but like to see a major standoff between Kingpin and Daredevil really, you know, invokes born again. I know that's a favor of yours, Mark. Uh, as it is a, a favorite of mine. Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, I think, is probably my favorite book that Marvel's putting out at the moment. So I'm like there. I'm there for it. I'm so excited. To, to, like, if they even invoke like an ounce of Born Again, um, I'll be really thrilled. So it looked insanely good, and I'm excited to see where that goes for, 
for those of you who like Daredevil out there. Awesome. Well, this this sounds like a great free comic book day issue all around, right, Dan? Yeah, I thought so too. I don't think it's worth giving a grade. No, but, um, no, but yeah, this is. I think this in was, terms of like making one. me more excited for Beyond, I think I think it did. You know, just marginally, but like I'm definitely more intrigued than I was before I read this. I guess like a like a moderate praise. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, that sounds good enough to me, Dan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, great, Mark. Why don't you take us home? Sure. Well, it, it's, of course, that time. Time for all good things to come to an end. So we want to say thank you to you, the listeners and viewers, for tuning in to this episode of The Amazing Spider Talk. Yeah, of course, this episode was edited by Rick Coase with production support from Andy Myers. Our artwork comes handcrafted by artists Ron Friends, Sal Buscema, and Ray Sumzer. And our theme songs were produced by Ryland Bojack, Tony Thaxton, and Spider Match. This episode was originally released on Patreon as a live stream hangout with us back when the comic was first released. So if you'd like to help support our show's continued existence and read these reviews while joining us on the live stream, why not head on over to our Patreon and sign up? So Mark... Until you stop dressing like a 14-year-old boy with too much birthday money, what's our motto? <laughs> with great podcasts, there must also come the amazing spider talk. Don't, don't miss the next installment.